Welcome to the Just Move podcast with me, Justin Bergman. I've been on a path of coaching and partaking in multiple movement practices for much of my life. And in this podcast, I share with you lessons, observations, discoveries, and questions relating to physical movement methods, philosophy and mindset, coaching, as well as connection to nature. Thank you for being here. I look forward to some good conversations. And remember, just move. All right, welcome to another episode of the Just Move podcast. I'm Justin, I'm here with Mike setting things up on the tech side. And today I have the the blessing of having Lee Bosch on the couch as a guest. And I'm going to ask Lee some questions about her, get some info to you guys, and we'll see how we go. So welcome, Lee. Welcome to my humble abode and welcome to the show. <laughs> it's awesome to be here. Yeah. Thank you. It's such an honor. Yeah, thanks for coming. I know you had a class this morning and you've got another day ahead of you, so I appreciate it. But here we are. So... I've known you for a little while as a good buddy, and I've done one or two classes with you. It's been awesome. Definitely want to do more, and I um, shall. Yeah, we need to see you in more classes. Absolutely. <laughs> so I would like to, you know, find out more about you because I know that you have a, an interesting background in how you got into what it is that you do. So let's uncover some of that. So if you were describing who you are nowadays, uh, what it is that you do for a profession Please tell us. Well, I would say that I'm a yoga teacher and a yoga studio owner. I have a yoga studio just down the road in Claremont, House Mm. of Yoga. And we have been around for about two and a half years now. But do we even count last year? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say yes, because if you can get through that and adapt to that. You've been a thing. It's true. It has been. It's been a bit of a challenge and I feel it's going to be challenge for another year or so but if we can get through you know the next six months and I think we're doing well mm. um yeah I don't know I don't know how interesting my background is but I, I do come from the corporate world mm. in some respects I spent 10 years in the corporate world and then made the change and leap into um being my own boss and owning a studio. So that's also what I'm very interested in because I know that about you, but I am curious to know what is the the journey? What's the story? So I know that you lived in London for a a while Mm -hmm. and is that where you did the corporate work and then moving, change things? What was it that made you, or can you think of a series of events that you thought, okay, this is what I do for a living now and this, this is a dream or did it just come to you without realizing and then you had a shift. What was that journey? What made it happen? Um, in many ways, I think the the journey towards being um, a yoga studio owner and being a yoga teacher and doing this full time was almost the same, almost parallel to my sort of journey and introduction to yoga. Mm. Um, and that kind of began when I was at university um, in my final year of uni- university doing joint honours and I'd always been quite a nervous, anxious person <laughs> and I was, as I still am, as you <laughs> are finding out now. Um, very much in my head, yeah, in my thoughts a lot and it was coming up to final exams and I really wanted to do well. I wanted to 
um, get a first in both of the subjects, both my my final major subjects. And so I, yeah, I, w- I was looking for things to help me just relax a little bit okay. and not be so anxious, not be so nervous when it came to exams and things like that. Um, so I went down to the like local health shop and the woman there was amazing and gave me some things. I can't even remember what they were. They helped a lot, but I, I felt like I needed something else. Mm. And I didn't know much about yoga at all at that stage, but it heard that it can help calm you down. Mm. So I signed up for some classes. They weren't a- actually at the university. They were held externally at a woman's home and... Yeah, I went along to that and I guess it would be what a lot of people call Hatha Yoga now, which incidentally is, um, people think it's a style of yoga, whereas it, it kind of really refers to physical yoga as a whole, the practice okay. of physical poses, whereas people think it's it's a more uh, slower pose by pose form yes. of yoga. That's what I would have thought. That's yeah. the H-A-T-H-A spelling, exactly. right? Exactly. So I've, I've done classes, I'll just say Hatha, yes. Hatha, and it seemed to be slower, posture-based, but from the little I know beyond that. Okay, cool. Carry I think, on. Yeah, a lot of people use it to distinguish between a more faster-flowing vinyasa form of yoga mm. these days, but it's really... A, I guess more traditionally speaking, or at least from the twentieth beginning of the twentieth century, it's it's a um, it referred to f- physical form of yoga um, mm. as opposed to the more philosophical um, yes. and other aspects of yoga as a whole. Anyhow, so I began that, and it was it was actually with a lot of older, probably women, and. Um, but I loved it. It was, it just really allowed me to get into my body, relax a little bit. Um, it honestly did get me through those exams and mm. I ended up doing quite well. I got first for both my subjects and yeah, um, from there after university, I went back to my hometown of Durban, um, continued with yoga a little bit. I danced, and we can we can come to that yeah. um, a bit later. Um, but I danced for I danced full time after university for about a year with a small company, um, but continued yoga a little bit on the side. And then after a year, decided to go to London. Back in those days, I'm showing my age now. You could still get your <laughs> working holiday visa. Um, yeah, well, that only ended. Not too long ago. I so guess so. I guess so. Um, At least the photos aren't black and white. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I did, did what a lot of people did um, after university in those days and, and went to London. A lot of South Africans went to London and, again, continued with yoga there, but more, actually, funnily enough, in a, in a gym setting. Mm. Um, I used to spend most of my lunch breaks at a small gym near our office and um, to get away from things, take a break from from the office and actually found a wonderful yoga teacher at a gym. And you wouldn't, you know, normally you don't think of, um, well, kind of your typical 
yoga teachers in a gym. Yeah, he, uh, Kiwi guy, um, Greg Coleman, um, mm. he was fantastic. And I think he really deepened my my love um, of yoga. And yeah, after 10 years in London, coming back to South Africa, I decided event, yoga had been part of my life for so long um, that I wanted to explore it a little bit deeper and decided to do my teacher training. I had a little bit of um, time and space to do that and did the my foundational 200-hour and started... I was working full-time at that stage in in the corporate environment still, but started teaching part-time a oh, couple, awesome. of, couple of days a week before... Um, work and yeah eventually it was you know it, it came to the point where I felt this was something that was quite integral to my life and I wanted to be able to share it with more people and I felt it was more in line with with my personality and who I was and at the same time I had always always had a dream of owning my own business and so I felt this was a nice marriage of of being an entrepreneur, having my own business, but being able to have more of a direct impact on a day-to-day basis with people than what I was doing in the corporate world. Mm. Um, So, yeah, about, as I said earlier on, about two and a half years ago, um, opened House of Yoga and, yeah, it's been (laughs) a ride. (laughs) Great timing. Yeah. Okay. Yo, there's there's a lot in there that I would love to unpack. So, so for me, I, I know that you're a yoga teacher and I know that you've done yoga before and doing it from university days onwards is still actually, you know, relatively late. So it's not necessarily something mm. that like you've always done, you've always been drawn to. Um, okay, so in the lot, so from university days to now, were you also doing any other forms of exercise or keeping active? Was it always yoga that was your anchoring physical practice or were there other things that kind of, I've experienced this with people where they kind of turn over stones Mm -hmm. until they find something that they stick with or Mm -hmm. they have to experience something to a small degree before they they decide or for various reasons they continue with it. Yeah. And then what interests me is kind of how practices choose a person or the other way around. So I'm wondering, was it like that for you? Did it feel like yoga is kind of the thing that, aligns with a lot of who I am and it's something I can progress in or was it a thing of you did lots of things or you did other things parallel to it and it's, it's yoga that has kept you there the longest so what mm. other kinds of things have you done or is that the case with you I think I always had and I think this is the way that a lot of people especially in the west and these days get into yoga is is through the physical aspect of it mm. the, the physical poses um, and I had always felt um, very connected to to the physical body. But before I started yoga, I realized that it was quite um, maybe not from a from a place where we should be moving. I.e., in yoga, you know, you you work from the inside outwards as opposed to the outside inwards. That is gold. <laughs> yeah. But um, I so I from about three or four years of age, I. Um, started dancing. Oh, wow. Basically, uh, well, mostly classical ballet. 
And I must say, dancing and ballet was my first love. Mm. Um, I, wow, I was, I felt deeply in love with dancing. But for for a number of reasons, and sometimes the relationship wasn't that healthy, um, for me, dancing became quite a, it became a refuge in a lot of ways. Um, from a positive perspective, it was a really, really wonderful way of expressing myself and my emotions physically. It's a, it's a beautiful form of creation and expression. Um, but it was also in many ways quite a refuge um, from especially around sort of preteen and teenager years and the angst and the, mm. you know, the, um, the growing pains that go with all of that. My went through quite a tough time when my, my parents got divorced when I was fairly young. Um, and then, and I was always a very, quite a sensitive, introverted person. I still am, um, but very sensitive without knowing that and knowing how to deal with with emotions and, and feelings and um, not always, you know, not fitting in with a cool crowd at school. And, you know, I really... I found refuge in dancing and in ballet and in many ways became quite like obsessed, not obsessed, but yeah, in some ways obsessive about it. Um, I wanted at one stage, uh, you know, it was, I put all my heart and energy into it and I wanted to be a professional um, dancer one day, Mm -hmm. join a company after school. Um, But I also didn't have, especially when I hit puberty, and I'm quite short, as you can see. Um, I didn't have what I thought was the ideal body for dancing. So you know, Jen, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I mean, <laughs> but um, yeah, we 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 probably are related to to dwarves or <laughs> hobbits, dwarves, or <laughs> the smaller of the Europeans. Exactly. Um, so I, was, I wasn't very skinny. I didn't have long legs. I wasn't very turned out, which mm. for ballet is, um, Oof, yeah. yeah, those hips. Mm. Um, My hips lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I sort of, when the unhealthy relationship developed with dancing, I kept on, um, you know, looking for this ideal and trying to find it in myself and perfectionism in the external body. Um, and developed an eating disorder, um, anorexia, which wasn't, you know, um, hindsight is wonderful. And it, it really wasn't about the dancing or the ballet at all. It was about feeling really out of control mm. of life at that stage. And um, mm. Was this in your, your teens? Was, yes, my teens. So sort of after growth spurt, puberty... Yeah, okay. it's probably from about um, nowadays grade eight, grade nine, grade okay. ten. Mm, so, um, so high school 14, years, 15. you know. When yeah. We all, you know, you always think that everyone else is dealing with life <laughs> so much better than you, whereas we all we all go through this stuff, um, but we all deal with it in different ways. Mm. And so, kind of, I, I think the thing with with me is that I didn't really deal with it properly, so it manifested in this. Um, needing to control um, what I ate and how I looked and went and feeling like I needed to do this to be a good 
to be a better dancer. Um, and this had no um, reflection at all on our dan- and on my dancing teacher. I actually had really one dancing teacher from from when I started ballet, um, Susan Perry, who and she was amazing. This was it was no reflection mm. on the teacher we had. We were incredibly lucky. I say we, my, my sister and I, we both um, mm. danced for a long time, um, and Sue was like our our second mother because we spent so well quite a few afternoons, you know, at at ballet. It was really our main extramural, and she really taught us, and and the other students of the of the school of dance, the the love of dance, you know, mm. it was never about what we looked like and we didn't, it wasn't a competitive studio. She wasn't really into sending us into a lot of competitions okay. and that kind of thing. So this was very much a personal thing. I carried on dancing though, through university, not as seriously. I decided after school that actually... I probably wasn't really that well suited to going into the performing arts world and the dancing world where I think you really, yeah, you have to be very, quite cutthroat Mm. or just very, very um, self-assured. And um, I felt like I wanted a bit more of a normal life because I had spent so much time like focused and obsessed with, with dancing through high school, I hadn't really just relaxed into being a normal teenager. So I thought, you know, I'd rather go to university. So I was lucky enough to attend university. That really helped to kind of break the apron strings a lot from home and to, I went to university away from um, where I lived. So it also, yeah, gave me a little bit more freedom to, um, to, yeah, just be a normal teenager and young adult, I guess. Carried on dancing, um, but more informally. And then after university, went back to Durban and was offered an opportunity to dance for the small company, um, which was headed um, or led by a guy called Quinton Ribbonar, who um, is a Durban-based choreographer, dance himself. He used to dance for back then called NAPAC, which is the Natal Performing Arts Company. Um, He was a beautiful dancer, um, fantastic guy. He led this very small company and we mostly did um, well work for disadvantaged schools, performing Mm. at schools in disadvantaged areas and things like that. And I really enjoyed that, but also realized that dancing full time as my profession um, or career wasn't actually where I wanted to to end up. And so, yeah, after about a year, decided to to move to London, and yeah, then I ended up in corporate. <laughs> 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 so from one extreme to the other, yeah, yeah it really is a. Oh, That's I'm interesting, yeah, it's kind of a, an up-down-up way if you think of what you do for your day-to-day life. Okay. Oh my goodness, uh, yeah, I would always, I've always said I'm a um, definitely a master of none <laughs> and not even a jack of all trades, but I've, I have, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've just kind of in some ways gone with the flow 
of life and I think it's ended up in the, in the right way eventually. Like you say, you know, oh. maybe I didn't um, come to yoga early on in my life, but just moving back to what you were saying about sometimes in terms of physical activity or or movement or or something that just becomes something that was is natural for you. Uh, yoga, yeah, when I discovered yoga, it was, it was like, and um, we, we always say this, but it, it was coming home to myself in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, yeah, that's I, powerful. Yeah. Um, and I think why, for me, and I think for so many people, it is like it is it is that kind of experience is because it it isn't just a physical activity it's not just a physical exercise it's a very holistic form of of activity you know it's it yes we often do come to it through the body um and the the body is a wonderful portal um to go and move into something deeper and to connect to something deeper within but it's it's really, yeah, it's about the body, the mind and, and the soul, you know, if that's what you're looking for. And so it's kind of the whole package. I don't know, I feel it's mm. the whole package in a lot of ways. Mm. And it's so, yeah, it, it's it's a lifestyle or it's it's really a, a microcosm of life on the whole. That's how I kind of see it. If you are looking at it more so from a physical perspective, it's a wonderful complement to any other mm. form of exercise or activity in terms of keeping the joints mobile, in terms of, yeah, the, you know, flexibility, but the, a lot of strength is involved as well. I mean, a lot of people, if they, you know, they don't know much about yoga, they think it's just about being flexible, yeah. putting your... And they think, behind yeah, your head. And they think and being flexible is something when it's actually not just that thing. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm, there's a lot of strength involved in that. There's okay. a lot of strength. I'm definitely, a, yeah, I'm probably a lot more stronger than I would have ever been just dancing or uh, going to gym, mm. which I did get into quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> when I was, um, especially actually... When I began university, I think because I was, I had danced so much and so frequently um, growing up, it was really, you know, that, that's what I did almost seven days a week when I wasn't at yeah. school. Some t not always, but um, um, there were times when, you, you know, you were kind of dancing seven days a week. And so I was, I was very used to um, having something to do physically all the time. And then when I went to university and I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have that routine. Um, mm. I find myself, I found myself rather, yeah, going to the gym and mainly group classes and things like that. Cause I found that was a little bit more sociable. I wasn't too keen on just spending, you know, solitary time, um, pumping iron in the gym. <laughs> so when you um, say you go, you went to gym, group classes, mm. what kind of training sessions were you doing? What kind of modalities? Was it your classic gym, high-intensity cardio kind of stuff or machine-based stuff or was it strength training? Back what in, the classes? Um, at university, we did a lot more. So I guess it was more, you know, the girls in the group classes and more like aerobic style sessions 
including things like step, I don't know, you know, like step yeah, classes. Yeah, those classic London more, gym boom era. Yes, like, exactly. Which is quite parallel to South Africa, by the way. Uh, yeah, the, gy- the gym stories of UK and South Africa are yeah. very similar. I actually. guess that's basically Virgin yeah. as well, Virgin Active. Yeah, absolutely. The connection is yeah. definite. It's true. Mm. And then physical training and exercise or, or the fitness industry really did, well, boomed or, and um, I don't know, evolution uh, became more revolutionary in a lot more ways, I think. A lot more um, intelligent training in some ways, um, mm-hmm. depending where you, where you <laughs> trained and, and yeah. who the trainers were. Um, but a bit more um, high-intensity, uh, mostly, by, you know, body work stuff, CrossFit style, um, but there was a point where, you know, that was all I was kind of doing with, with the odd yoga class thrown in where it was a lot of high intensity, a lot of high aerobic stuff, which is, of course, great, you know, raising your heart rate and great to build strength and that kind of thing. But if that's all you're doing all the time, it can really just lead to adrenaline burnout and, um, yeah, emotional and physical burnout as well, which on top of quite a high, a high-paced lifestyle that I was living in London, you know, long work hours in corporate um, and then trying to keep up a social life at the same time, you know, a really, especially after 10 years that I was there, I was really feeling that. And in many ways that sparked the decision to move back to South Africa um, although I, lo- I did love London, I loved its proximity to Europe yes. and the ease of travel and there's just so much to do in London and it's such a fantastic melting pot of people and cultures and in many ways a lot more liberal to South Africa. You know, we, we uh, mm. Cape Town is fairly liberal in some ways, um, but I mean, yeah, but... South Africa is still very conservative okay. in, in many ways. I don't know. I think the more you travel and meet people from overseas, the more we realize that. I think it's, it's, um, it's changing as the world becomes smaller. But yeah, I moved, to, I moved to Cape Town as opposed to Durban. Good choice, Lee. Durban's okay, cool. I'm glad. Durban's Durban, cool. Durban is cool. I'm a little biased for Cape Town. Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, we are very lucky with what we have here. Uh, we live in a beautiful, beautiful place every day. Yeah, it still blows my mind. Literally got rocks and we got water. We got everything. Yeah, good food. Some cool people around. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, again, there's so many interesting things there. As you were talking about more the yoga practice for you as well is how it's the whole package. It kind of allows you a gateway into a a deeper practice or a a method of using your body that doesn't only apply to the movements you're doing, but gives you more beyond that. And I, I love that. And I love that about certain physical practices, but also I love that about being able to learn that for yourself. So everyone will have their own personality their own story and not everyone is interested in in that world 
But I feel that if they have a way in which to deal with life or a way in which to express themselves in whatever way they need to, through a physical practice, there's so much you can reach through physicality mm. that, a, that, like you said, is a microcosm for other things, but also a microcosm for just how your emotions work, how your psychology is. So I think it's, it's just a very important tool to be able to do that. And I've done yoga before. I wouldn't say I'm particularly good at it. I haven't done it for long enough, but I, I have an idea of what it is. But I know there's so much more to it and I understand that there's a long, long history and many different, um, I not say variations, but insights into what it is compared to the perception of what it is. Mm. I mean, I know this a lot from parkour mm. and from certain martial arts and stuff. So what I like about it is it seems to have a lot of things that overlap into other aspects, but also in that it does focus on someone going in mm. and finding that and then working from in out, as you mentioned. So it seems like that was working for you for long enough and it kept you engaged in for long enough as well. Even to a point possibly I would guess that you felt that it's worth sharing with people Mm. and it's a way for you to help people through your experience doing it. I'm assuming that. If it's not true, let me know. If you're just doing it for the money, (laughs) get out of here. So I Probably think not the right industry to be <laughs> doing it for the money. Yeah. Well, depending. Doing it for the love. Yeah. Um, so, and the other thing you spoke about, which is very fascinating to me, is the role of a teacher in, in someone learning something or a coach and someone guiding you through. It could be a mentor. It could just be, you know, your parents teaching you something. Or in your case, it sounds like you've had teachers basically through your whole life. And, you know, destiny, whatever it is, you are also now a teacher. You've probably been a teacher for longer than you've known, but now you actually have a your own space. You're doing a relatively specific thing that you're sharing with people. So it makes me wonder sort of, you touched on this in what you were saying, but is, is there a particular person or a, a category of, you know, a demographic that you're that yoga is for? Like who is yoga for? Like who should do yoga? Mm. And can you give us like a few like broad reaching reasons as to why someone, almost no matter what their story is, um, mm. let's let's get that out of the, the complexity. Why, who is yoga for? Why should they do it? Uh, so the, the short cheesy answer is that, mm. you know, I would say yoga is is for everyone and anyone. Um, again, as, as you touched on earlier, obviously different um, modalities of activity or philosophy or, you know, anything that's that's helping you to, to know yourself better, learn more about yourself, whether that starts with a physical and goes deeper from there, is going to, yeah, we, we're all going to be, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, mm. but I think, you know, yoga first and foremost didn't start off as as a physical exercise as a, or as a physical practice. And yeah, it, it, it does come from a, a history mm. um, that began thousands of years ago in South Asia and was really a a system, um, almost a guide of how to reach 
enlightenment. Mm. And I know a lot of, you know, a lot of people think that enlightenment is, is attaining this guru or (laughs) saint-like status, you know, and being uber spiritual um, and at one and peace with the world and almost godlike. For me, enlightenment is about becoming self-aware. And often that self-awareness begins for many of us um, through the body, becoming aware of things deeper than the body, such as as emotions and um, feelings and thoughts and how to deal with those, but then becoming aware that you aren't only the physical body and you aren't only your feelings and you aren't only your thoughts. And in other words, you aren't your ego, you know, you're not only your ego. And self-awareness is about becoming aware that you are, you can separate from that and actually observe that. And that place of observation is really the the awareness and who we really are. You know, some of you say it's our the bigger you or our true selves or the soul. And you know, some some of us believe that that's um, you know, a connection to something greater. Mm. You know, that uh a connection to the divinity that is within each of us um, and you don't have to go through someone else or something else. You don't have to go through a guru or a saint or anyone else. You know, you can connect to that part of you um, whenever. Mm. And the system of yoga is a guideline to, to connect to that space and when you connect to that, you connect to a part of you that is always, you know, there's no beginning and there's no end. And um, I think that realisation and that connection is what self-actualization is. Mm. And so, you know... Yoga being a, a philosophical and a spiritual system in some ways is, I don't know, I, you know, <laughs> if, if, you know, I don't care what anyone says, but I think all of us, even if we don't admit it to ourselves, is looking for something greater yeah. than, than who we are, than just the, you know, than just the human being. And I think for some of us, Yoga helps us to to answer that. You know, it it is a system that, philosophically speaking, tries to answer all those questions that human beings have been asking since the beginning of time of, of our time. Mm. And yes, it has developed, and for many people, is quite. It is a physical practice, but. Historically speaking, traditionally speaking, the physical asanas, the physical poses of yoga, really, you know, only they a minuscule part of yoga as a system as a whole and as a philosophy as a whole. And really, back in the day, people simply moved their bodies so they could sit and be comfortable in in meditation. So it was they moved to become still. And oh, I like that. That's fascinating. 
you know, that's really what we should be doing. You know, we're moving to become still so that we can connect to that deeper place within. Mm. Great. Yeah, so it is for everyone. But of course, how someone partakes in it or what they perceive when they start to do it, it will, it will always change. Mm. And especially if you're, if you're teaching and sharing a practice that is a very likely a transformative practice for many people, would you say that as a, a teacher of yoga that you have a particular hierarchy of how you do things for your students or is there a style that you know you like to do in order to either help someone discover that for themselves or to keep someone, you know, if it's just for physicality, mm-hmm. physicality-wise invested enough that they'll keep doing it mm-hmm. and then if that's enough for them, fine, but if it allows them to unlock more, even better. So if you've been, you've been running a studio for a couple of years now and you've done the practice for a fair amount of time and you've been a physically active person basically your whole life. Mm. So yeah, do you have a way that you facilitate that journey for someone or do you try to keep it simple and say, this is the style I, I use and then it will draw certain people and they may stay, they may not, they might find something. How can you, can you elaborate on that? Mm. I think a little bit to the latter of what you were saying. I am... Um, because of my dancing background um, and connection to the physical, I, I do, I must say, you know, in spite of everything, I really do enjoy using the body. Mm. Um, and there's nothing better than feeling strong and connected in your body and, and, and mobile. Mm. And at the end of the day, you know, we are here, we are living in our bodies. They are carrying us through this life mm. and you know ideally we want to be in them they we want them to be as mobile and as um comfortable for as long as possible mm. um so i think it's important that we do keep the body healthy and mobile and strong and to but to do that in a very aware way and you know, connected to the part of you within that is, we, we speak about this a lot in yoga, as cheesy as it is, but you're in a, you know, connected to your inner teacher and the, the part of you that knows, that really does know um, whether you have an, a history in physical movement or not, but knows how your body needs to be moved in a safe way, in a comfortable way that's right for you and your body. Um, some, we a lot of us have lost that connection, you know, through not being physical or moving our bodies. And a lot of that is to do with the Western lifestyle, um, not just in the West, the world over, you know, Modernity. these days. Mm. Yeah, modern lifestyle, um, you know, sitting at a desk in front of computers, in front of, and on a phone. We've lost a connection to the physical body. And, well, and... More so in a in a privileged space, you know, middle mm. and upper class. Yeah. We don't do a lot of physical labor. Yeah, we're not hunting and gathering food. No. It's there, so that's a big part of it as well. It is, and yeah. we spend a lot of time in our mind. You know, it's we live in a very thinking world these mm. days as opposed to 
physical instinctive world mm. we've lost we've lost that connection to our to our instincts as well and, and the inner teacher and so i think beginning well i do like to teach uh, uh, physical yoga i come my background in yoga does span a few few different styles um like we we're saying hatha if we look at it as a specific style of yoga hatha ashtanga um, Iyengar, which is uses a lot of props like mm. yoga blocks and straps and things, which is fantastic, especially for people who aren't uber flexible or if you are um, might be injured. But just it 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 really unlocks a lot of the physical poses using props. A lot of people see that as you know as a as a crutch, but mm-hmm. no, it really does open up a world um, <laughs> of accessibility. Props are very useful for people who aren't that particularly exactly. mobile. Exactly. Like no, me. they're fantastic. <laughs> um, and also to bring deeper relaxation, actually, mm. um, in many ways. Another for like Scaravelli um, and Vinyasa. Um, so I like to, I like to combine... I guess the 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 good aspects, the the aspects that I really connect to through all of those different styles of yoga, as well as um, a dancing background, and teach from there. But generally, the idea is that we, you know, each class, each session, moves through a physical practice to then bring you to a place at the end, shavasana, corpse pose where you become still. And often because the physical body is now tired and the mind becomes uh, a lot more malleable because you've had to focus really hard, it's it's easier then to then drop into that, you know, that spaciousness and mm. sometimes even reach a point where there's no thought and you can just rest in, in meditation, really. And that is... You know, that's the magic. That's where the magic happens. That's where the magic happens. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's the... happened a lot with me in martial arts as well. It, you martial train, arts you is train very so hard, similar. especially in my kung fu days. It was super challenging. Mm. It especially because I studied physiology and anatomy, and I was in the career of personal training. The training didn't make sense. It was just really hard. And it would make you really strong or it would break you. Uh-huh. And there were many classes where you were just so tired that you you couldn't even tense up. And so the the forms you were doing or the breathing practices we were doing, you had to be something beyond just your own physical inputs. Mm. And I found that a lot. And that's one of the tool sets that a coach can use from their experience in order to teach something or teach anything. Mm. So if you have your dancing background, even your your fitness background, that that's taught you things about yourself and about just how people interact with different forms of moving and thinking that you can use it as part of your toolbox as a teacher. Definitely. So you must have encountered so many different people and then without I I experience this often and I, I love it, but you must have had this too where you don't you didn't know that that was what you were going to do to help this person, it was just there. 
Mm. And then only in retrospect you realize, oh, where did this come from? And it was part of your tool set you may not have known you had before. I love that as well. And I, I've seen that in practices where people are a bit more conscious, mm. but also where the teacher is an experienced one or one that isn't there for just one particular reason, but is there to facilitate the growth of a person. Mm. So from the little I've experienced from your teaching, that's there. There's no denying that's oh, there, which is really cool. <laughs> so that's amazing. I'm, I'm glad that you have that. I'm glad that you're aware enough and that you have the, the zeal to help someone through that, which is really, really cool. Um, so you've got your studio. It's obviously, it's not just you teaching classes. It's No. Like you've, got so a, you've got people that work for you. Tell, us, tell me more about that because <laughs> it's always somewhere between realistic and a pipe dream mm. to have your own gym, studio, space. I would love my own space. Many people who train and coach would love their own space and just have, you know, a home for people to come and learn this yeah. thing or do this thing. And you've got that. You've been doing it for a while. And I know it's not easy. It's not easy to do that without your own space. So how is that? But what are the actual sort of ins and outs of, you know, actually running a studio and having other teachers with you and that kind of dynamic? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do. I, I am incredibly lucky to have my own space, and mm. and it's beautiful, you know, by the way. House of Yoga, you got to go check it out. Oh, thank you. And my, you know, my my corporate working experience, especially in London, allowed me to do that. I was able to invest in some property, and yeah, it was all a, you know, it was a a journey and a step by step trip up to that point. But yeah, I, I'm lucky to have the space, and it was always. You know, the the idea was always to be able to provide a space. It wasn't about me as a teacher. I mean, I'm I'm quite a I am I'm an I'm a new teacher. I'm still I have so far to go. Um, so and I had no name, and I don't even now I don't really have much of a name as a teacher in Cape Town. They're far more experienced teachers, but it was um, I wanted to create a space where um, where people could come and experience the incredible benefits and beauty of the practice that I'd discovered. And yeah, so it's not just me, uh, which I think is a great thing. Absolutely. Uh, we've got, I think there's seven <laughs> of us teachers in total, but not, you know, some just teaching a class or a couple of classes, but I, I thought it was, I feel it's very important that a space offers a variety mm. of um, teaching styles and personalities because that's the thing. Not everyone is going to enjoy what I have to bring to the mm. table. Um, and I did want it to be a space where people of all walks of life um, could come and connect to different teachers and different classes and just get a, a very varied experience of yoga because it is such a... It, it is such a varied practice. Yeah, so so there are a few of us teaching there. Um, I'm also, since this year, very lucky to have someone, um, Robs, Robin, who helps me with, with some admin and social Ooh. media, thank goodness, because it's just definitely not my first love. <laughs> um, so that has been a game changer because... I, can, I do actually have a little bit more time now to focus on on actually teaching. Um, 
But yeah, um, having your own business, uh, working for yourself, as you know, is not easy. It is a big challenge. It is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, um, and the responsibility is all on you. There's mm. no one, you, you can't blame anyone else if things go wrong. But on the upside, it allows, well, for me, and this is, I think, what has always been important to me is it allows me my own freedom and space mm. to do what I want when I want to, it, to a certain extent. You know, it allows me to um, be the boss of my own timetable. And for, that has always been something that is very important to me. And I wouldn't say um, working for yourself is any better than working for someone else. They're just pros and cons of both. Mm. And it depends on your personality type and what you want out of life. Yeah, it's um, we're still quite young, as I, yeah, as I said. So I think you know any any business takes three to ten years to really establish itself. Yeah, two and a half years is still super young. Yeah, as an established thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I think if you want something to grow and succeed, you really have to be in there for the long term. You know, you've provided it's you're providing something that people want and it's of good quality and people mm. are coming back you know I think it is worth putting in the the work and you yeah the hard slog but you've got to you've got to look long term mm. COVID obviously has been a big challenge but we're lucky to um, to have technology and be able to mm. um, continue in a virtual space, and to some extent, we've continued that. Yeah, now. I was going to say you're still doing classes online. We right? we kind of have a hybrid where we perfect. Um, we broadcast our in studio classes at the same time, so we have a, a laptop recording or oh, um, broadcasting via Zoom cool. as we do it. We we wanted to do it that way so that anyone doing the online classes would still feel a little bit like they were yeah. partaking in something that was real That's time yeah. as opposed to just just a recording. So, yeah, we I mean, we were incredibly lucky during hard lockdown to have technology and to be able to do online classes to keep us going. Yeah, and it and it still is a challenge for so many people. We are so lucky to st- to still be here, so mm. it's just kind of putting a foot in front of each and taking each day at a time. And mm. oh, I just feel incredibly lucky for the people, for our regular members and people who keep coming back. And I hope it's because um, we are providing something that is helping them get through these challenging times. Mm. And how how involved do your cats? In the yoga classes, do they? Do, are they always around in view to inspire people how to be more cat-like? Oh. <laughs> There's one of them in particular, Prince Caspian. Prince um, Caspian. It, the studio is kind of, it's his space out of the three cats. So ah. he, and he like, he loves the, yeah, being the center of attention <laughs> in the front of the class. So he'll often hop in through the window, giving people the fright, especially when it happens during Shavasana at the end. <laughs> um, and then come in and wander around the Just class. Just make sure everyone's still there. Exactly. Up. <laughs> I, no, I do really, yeah, I just have nightmares about 
anyone coming in who's really, really allergic, <laughs> allergic to cabs. T's <laughs> um, and C's. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, he enjoys the the yoga community. The others are a little bit more um, aloof, <laughs> well, to themselves, <laughs> except the one who is very old. <laughs> My my late mom's cat who we inherited, Sasha, who um, always tends to get vocal, very vocal, <laughs> during the beginning, the quiet time in the beginning of class and Shavasana at the, the end. Oh, she, it's almost like she knows exactly when to. <laughs> Just to keep you on your toes. Eh? Oh, never a dull moment. Okay, awesome. So, so you're doing live classes as they were intended. You've got the online space as well. Do you do other services, I assume, uh, corporate wellness, those kinds of things, private lessons? We do. We um, yeah, we offer private sessions um, for anyone who's either, you know, a lot of people feel um, intimidated going to yoga classes if they've never done it, even though we, we do have absolute beginner class and uh, begin a friendly class. But um, some people like to start yoga, learning the foundations first, um, one-on-one. Um, so we offer private lessons. We do do a lot of work in the corporate space. Um, we have some regular corporate clients that we, at the moment, just um, are teaching virtually. Because mm. um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of companies are still you know, have all the employees working from home. So it's a nice way to just disconnect, I guess, from from the office work home space yeah. oh, um, and move the body and get out of your mind and reconnect. Um, we also do, we're involved um, with a lot of um, wellness days in oh, cool. um, for, for companies and businesses. Um, a lot more companies are doing that these days, which is really nice and encouraging mm. that there is more awareness of the employee as a as a full person, as a whole person, as opposed to just um, a cog. Yeah, a cog in the machine. What else? Yeah, that's something I wanted to check in with you as well. You've been doing some yoga nidra classes and the most recent one I joined in as well, and that was uh, to raise funds for Green Pop, is that correct? Yes. Um, so Yoga Nidra, for those who have never heard of it, is a, is a type of um, guided med- meditation. Um, and, yeah, I've, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but when I came back to, when I moved back to South Africa, um, before starting the studio, I was working in the renewable energy space for the transactions team of an Italian um, uh-huh. renewable energy company in Cape Town. Um, I loved my experience there, but I have, I come, um, my father was very much into conservation and sustainability and it's always been something very um, close to my heart. And so now that we are a little bit older as, as a studio. Um, and yes, we are st- starting out small, but I did want to um, somehow become involved as well in supporting something greater than just the studio. Mm. Um, and so Green Pop is a, is a Cape Town-based 
um, NGO and they are involved in um, reforesting, planting trees, um, building environmental awareness, um, re-greening areas, especially in more disadvantaged areas, mm. um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, at, at the moment we are hosting a, a Yoga Nidra session once a month on the last Wednesday of every month, just okay. for um, half an hour or so. Um, and if people like, it is a free class, but if they like, they can um, donate. Um 120 rand uh, ZAR is apparently the um, how much it costs to plant a tree for okay. green pops. So, yeah, it's it, um, it's small. We're starting small, but hopefully we can expand to other activities and things that will help to raise a bit more awareness. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's like a ripple. Start small, mm. expands from there. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. And it's, it's great to be able to align something you do with something like that. Green Pops does amazing work. Um, so for you to be able to offer that and to bring awareness to Green Pop and such a big concept that is very important in this time. It is. As the world progresses. <laughs> so that's really awesome. So So for that and for all the classes and getting in contact, there's a website. Or there how is. are things on socials? How do people find out more? Um, website, houseofyoga.co.za. Um, we are on Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah, it, not all TikTok. our information is on there. Not TikTok. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't even know how that <laughs> functions. Uh, <laughs> Robin might, but um, yeah, don't ask me about that. Cool, cool. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> okay, cool. Awesome. Oh, thank you, Justin. Thank you oh. for coming, Lee. It was great. I'm definitely going to join in in a class or two at least in the future. Well, you know where we are. I know where you live. <laughs> and I know where your studio is too. Win-win. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. We'll see you soon. And thank you for helping people in the way that you do and for sharing your time and for coming here, being on the show. And yeah, keep well, stay on the move. Thank you. Thank you for helping to yeah, raise awareness and share more information about more conscious-based movement and activities. Thank you for listening to the Just Move podcast. We really appreciate your time listening to the show and we hope that you've learned something. If you have any questions, please send it our way. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave some good reviews. And we always welcome some constructive advice. We'll see you soon. Keep well and remember, just move.